This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon in what's fast becoming a bit of a threatening looking Johannesburg. Maybe we'll get some rain. That would certainly be a welcome, welcome respite. Speaking of welcome, a warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you all of you for being here. Those who are you who are in your cars, doing lift schemes, coming home from work, in your kitchens, wherever it is, we really, really appreciate that you take the time to put on your radio to listen to Chai FM. There's other things one could listen to. We appreciate that. But it's it's such a good thing that you that you join us and are part of our Friday. And uh, as someone said to me, it kind of helps them get into the Shabbos mode into the Shabbos way of thinking. And that's certainly exactly what we're here for, exactly what we'd love to achieve in a little bit of time we we spend together. I hope you had a fantastic and outstanding week. Those of you who participated in the uh, in Daba last weekend on what's the Shabbos and Sunday, I hope you were thoroughly inspired and uh, you know, take the example of some of these people and what they've achieved and Let's let's try to do a little bit more in our in our life. Let's try to uh, make ourselves, you know, a bit uh, uh, be be a little bit of mice and effort, be a little bit of effort into into what we do. You know, after having heard these stories and after having heard the kind of trials and tribulations that people have gone through to get where where they are, that certainly should inspire us, even those of us who. Supposedly already there to to push and want to get a little bit further, want to get a little bit closer to 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 the Rebbeinu That's certainly what is what it's all it's what it's all uh, about. Um, this is a really kind of a triple header Shabbos, or perhaps uh, some would call it a three kugel Shabbos because it is Pasha Vayikra. It's the first Pasha of the book of of, of Vayikra. Which is always exciting. We're, we're making our way through the Torah. This is the the book that deals with the the korbanot, with the with the sacrifices that uh, that the Jews had to bring, or or some wanted wanted to bring. It's also tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. We're now entering the the month of of Yeshua. It's the month of salvation, the month in which by Nigalu Yisrael, I was saying, I mean, our our forefathers were redeemed. From Egypt in this in this month, and uh, yeah, after Adar, Adar was just kind of the prelude to it. Now we really get to hopping and bopping, and and both in in terms of the physical preparation and uh, in terms of trying to uh, get our minds in line with the fact that uh, we're going to again have the chance to to become uh, the Abdei Hashem, the the servants of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and then ultimately the Am Hashem. The nation of Hakadosh Baruch, which is even a higher, which is even a higher uh, uh, level of, uh, of, uh, of 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 achievement, and that that as we work through the Pesach Halalim, we get to to Shvisha Pesach, we even get to that to that uh, that incredible incredible uh, uh, level, uh, and and finally the the third special. This is the last of the four special. Readings that we read before Shabbos, Pashat Chodesh, where we actually go through some of the laws of the Korban Pesach and some of the laws of the actual observance of of, uh, of Pesach. So it's actually we take out three, the Sifrei Torah tomorrow. The way it technically works is 
in order not to overstep the mark of Aliyot. So uh, we will only call up six people in the actual Pasha. What uh, the, the Balkari will skip the stop that he usually makes at Shvi for the final year. So we'll call up six people in the weekly Pasha, and then the seventh person will get called up to read the regular reading for Rosh Chodesh, and then the Maftir will be for the special reading of Pasha Tachodesh, and then we, uh, that Haftarah, will follow the Haftarah for Pasha Tachodesh, always uh, goes after the, uh, Haftarah always goes after the, 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 the Maftir. Um, and perhaps maybe just uh, a brief idea to somehow connect the, the Parsha and, uh, and Pesach at the very end of, of the Parsha. We read about a person, Nefesh Kisimoil Mal. If a person uh, commits literally an act of, of betrayal, the Chotob and sins intentionally, uh, Hashem against something that is sacred to Hashem, which he usually is talking about someone who misappropriates something that is the property of Hekdish, the property of the actual Beis Amikdash. So he has to bring a, a Hashem, a, a guilt offering, uh, uh, offering from Hashem, whatever, whatever kind of animal, animal it, uh, it is. Now, interesting, Rashi comments, on the words kitimal mal, he commits an act of betrayal. Ein meila b'cholmokom elashinui. The words meila, which we're translating as betrayal, Rashi says always means to change. And he brings examples. He brings an example of a from a pasuk in Divrei Hayamim, where it says vayimalu belakei avoysehim. By Yiznu Acharei Elohei Ameyaretz, it says that they uh, they betrayed, right, uh, the the Hashem of their forefathers and went after and strayed after the gods of the nations of the of the land, and and then he brings the Gemara in uh, Sota, uh, where it says that a woman who was suspected by her husband. Of uh, having had an illicit relationship, a betrayal of her trust to her husband, it's also called limol maal bashem to 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 commit this act of of uh, of, of betrayal. Now, the truth is that Rashi's comment is actually based on a on a gemara gemara in uh, Mi'ila, which in fact he virtually copies word word for words. Uh, however, uh, in the Gemara, it's just the reverse, where first they bring the Pasuk in about the Sota, and afterwards they bring the, the Pasuk from Givrei Hayamim about, about, uh, about And uh, this different may be very, very subtle, but, uh, it is, it is actually quite, uh, quite, quite, uh, significant. Um, and, even a, even a sort of more basic question is why why do we even need to bring a proof from Divrei Hayamim? There are sufficient places in the Torah itself where the Torah talks about the concept of of uh, of Meila. Uh, once is when we're talking about uh, God's command to to Moshe 
to take revenge against the Midianim, and he gets upset when they weren't all killed. And he says, Hain, Haina, Hayu, Livnei Yisrael, Bidvar Bilam, Limson, Maal Bashem. They're the ones that, through the counsel of Bilam, caused the betrayal of, uh, or of Hashem, and even, even Moshe himself is castigated and criticized using the word Mi'ila, where Hashem speaks about the sin that took place as, uh, at, uh, at Meimriva, is Al Hashem Altem Bi Besech because you, uh, you betrayed me in, in the presence of the, uh, of, of the Jewish, of the Jewish nation. So why, in fact, we even need the Pasuk in, uh, in Divrei, in Divrei Hayamim. Now, the, the whole concept that this word, Mila, that Rashi always says, implies, implies change, it's, it's also needs a little bit of a explanation because the root Mem Ayin Lamed, uh, which obviously implies some kind of uh, an Avera, and again, usually it's an inappropriate use of, uh, of Hektish or as we see in the Riyam, the worshipping Avaid uh, Zara. So, also, it involves, actually, they're, they're both correct, because that also involves a kind of an element of, of, uh, of change. Because, let's say, uh, taking something that belonged to Hekdish and changing its status to use for yourself or changing from the norm of worshipping Hashem to the 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 worshipping God forbid of a, of 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 an idol of a, of an idol but since the fact is that Chazal have said that Mi'ila must uh, uh, include an element of change so we see that Chazal were of the uh, of of the opinion that somehow this Mi'ila this change seems to be the root of all of all these uh, of all these averas, and although they seem so different, they actually are one and the same. Let's 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 see a little bit more. Now we know that Chazal tell us that the reason why the Jews were able to survive the Egyptian exile was that they didn't alter, they didn't change their names, they didn't change their language, they didn't change their clothing. And although there isn't any one medrash that actually brings all of those uh, examples, but a compilation and a combination of, of different medrashim give us this, uh, this, uh, this uh, idea. Um, in fact, as Medjur says, that the the four expressions of the of the redemption, Votseti, Vitsalti, Vigaalti, Vilakati, all these uh, correspond to the four merits that the Jews had, that they didn't change their language, they didn't change their dress, etc., etc. So, again, we need to understand why why is it that the fact that Klai Yisrael didn't change their names, their language, and the, and the way they dressed, why is that considered such a major merit? You know, we know that the Jews were, were on one level quite involved in some pretty serious averot. Uh, 
We're going to read on the first day of Pesach uh, that God tells them Mishru Kuchulachem Tzon that uh, one has to take uh, the sheep for the Korban Pesach. And Chazal say Mishru means separate yourself from idol worship in order to take those sheep and now take them for for the bringing of the of 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 the Korban of the Korban Pesach. So it seems that the Jews were involved in in some pretty call it you know, deep and and serious. Averot, such as Avayizar, to the extent where, when God wanted to split the sea for them at the time of Kriyat Yamsuf, the 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 ministering angels had a uh, a, a large argument with Hashem and, and and said, "Why should we split for the Jews? What makes them so qualitatively better than the Egyptians? They did the same the same uh, the same sin. So if they're guilty of of these kind of." Uh, of these kind of uh, 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 sins, why would it be that that uh, the fact that they didn't change their clothing that was a schut uh, uh, to to uh, to get them out of uh, out of uh, out of time? And just kind of one more before we bring it all together, there is another area of of halacha where. See, Chazal took a, a very strong stand against any kind of uh, a, a deviation, and that is in the in the wording of a of a get of a divorce document that a husband writes to his uh, to his wife. Uh, the Gemara says that uh, uh, anyone who changes the text, the standard text that our Chazal instituted for the writing of a get. So the get is of no validity, and if that woman went and got married to another man, he must leave that man. And God forbid, any children that uh, that they have is is considered a a, a, a mamza. The, the the severity of these uh, of these sort of uh, laws, uh, you know, it's like a mind thing. What I changed a word or two of. Uh, of of the get it is is that such a terrible terrible uh, a mistake that's going to literally uh, affect the the yichus the the, the uh, halachic status of of all gen- of all generations what what is actually actually going going on so I think to answer the questions let's let's bring a a, a very very interesting concept in the, in the service. In the service of, uh, of of Hashem, it's brought down that uh, uh, one of the great Torah teachers was once teaching Baba Kama, uh, the parak of of Meruba, to to uh, some of his some of his students, and and they were learning the the sugya of of uh, it's called Shinui Maisef. A person, God forbid, steals something. And then makes a substantive change to the uh, to the object. So the Gemara says that uh, if the change in the stolen object is is so significant that it actually effectively makes it into a new object, and it's no longer the same as the original object that was actually stolen. So then, there's no obligation for the thief to actually return the stolen object, as it actually no longer exists, and it's uh, sufficient for him to actually return the the value, the the money 
of the of of the object, and he gets to keep it, uh, gets to keep it uh, for for uh, for himself. The Gemara that goes on to discuss the scenario in which no actual physical change was done to the object, but the thief has changed the object's use. If he's now used it for something for something else, so the Gemara wants to know, is the fact that the thief stole an object, which was, let's say, uh, he stole an animal, an animal hide, and and uh, at the time of the theft, and then he decided to use it as a uh, as a rug in in his uh, in his house. Is that the fact that it has a different use? Is that already considered a sufficient change to exempt him from having to return the actual object, despite? The actual fact that no no real physical change has actually occurred to the garment it's the same thing it looks exactly the same as as it did uh, as it did before so as this Rebbe was uh, was was teaching the 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 words of of the Gemara the Gemara says that uh, this was a a question that uh, Rabba had difficulty to have Yosef for twenty two uh, uh, years and he wasn't able to uh, he wasn't able to to uh, to resolve it. Rav kept asking Rav Yosef this question until Rav Yosef was finally appointed the Rosh Hashiva, at which point he answered his question and said, "Yes, a change of name is the same as a physical change to the object, and you don't have to return the uh, the the object." So this uh, this rabbi asked, why was it seemed like a pretty straightforward answer? Why was this uh, answer so difficult? And it took Rav Yosef twenty two years to reach to reach the uh, conclusion. So he then turned around to his uh, talmidim and says, "says I want to tell you the the pshat." Says to offer any kind of answer is always very, very easy. But to know that an answer you're going to give is absolutely emes, is part of a mahalach, is part of the, the quintessential truth of Torah, one can only know that if one has reached an, an, a deep and, and complete and adequate level of understanding of that particular question. They said at that point, when Yosef was appointed to be the Rosh Yeshiva, at that point he had reached a, a, enough a level of amkus, a level of deep understanding that was sufficient to know that that answer was 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 true. And it was even though it was a, 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 a quite a logically sound argument to say that a change in the in this in the designation, the use of an object. Is is a it makes it into a new new uh, uh, object, even though nothing physically had changed. It was only when he himself 
kind of underwent such a change. And he was the same Rav Yosef, but now he was, the Rashivan had a whole new role and had a whole new uh, 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 designation of what he had to accomplish. And, and this fundamental change had occurred to him. And he had all these new strengths and abilities that the Skapta Shmai was given when he became Rosh Yeshiva. Then he truly understood how powerful such a change could be on, on a person and uh and uh was able then with with conviction to answer to answer that uh that that question so perhaps with this we can understand the fact that Kalal Yisrael didn't change their names language or 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 dress in Egypt in other words they had broken every rule in the book they had transgressed such such serious averes the fact that they chose to retain there you does very uniquely Jewish kind of attributes and, and attitudes showed that their essence as the descendants of the of the Ovis had not changed. And that whatever our various they were doing were only external, were like temporary breaks in the concentration, temporary lapses that had occurred due to the, the hardships of, of of the of the time they had spent in in, in, in Egypt. But had they, God forbid, chosen to become totally assimilated into Egypt by giving up those uniquely Jewish attributes, then their their Averis would have just been like further evidence that they no longer kind of viewed themselves as Hashem's nation and the descendants of the uh, of the of the others. Of the other sacrificium, we're going to come back. I just want to uh, spend another minute on this, and then we'll go into into our Hilchas Shabbos segment. This is one one point nine Chai FM on the greatest radio station in all of Africa. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. One one point nine Chai FM. We are back on on your on your radio. Just a quick. Uh, update as we usually do at this time of the important details of this uh, of this Shabbos candlelighting today will be at five minutes past six, no later than five minutes past six. It's starting to move. Once it does, it it doesn't. It's kind of quite unrelenting all the way until we get to winter. Five past six is the latest time for candlelighting. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at six fifty-four. Six minutes. To, to seven, as I said, tomorrow is uh, Rosh Chodesh, so we'll be saying Hallel as part of the davening, just a kind of a little bit of warm up for for Pesach. We will have a whole week of, uh, of of Hallel, so try to make a, a point of of being being in in, in shul. Just just to include, uh, just to finish up the concept we were talking about, which I think is such a really important. So we see that even God forbid, if a person's like really a, a persistent Avera doer, uh, if there's still even some some seemingly trivial details, maybe the language or the name he goes by or the way he dresses, right? When they still reflect on, on, on desire for that person to remain connected to the Messiah, to the tradition of our of our forefathers, so then they really revealed to us that the true essence of belief of that person haven't really changed. And that 
significantly kind of lessens the uh, the effect, the severity of the avaris that they've done in the eyes of of the in the eyes of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's uh, court in the Bezin Shamala, because there they certainly understand that that I mean, and if it's clear in Shemayim, obviously that those that those external things they keep are in fact being kept because they still feel. A, uh, a a connection, not just as a, a gossamer to cover what they're really doing. Obviously, that's only something that uh, yeah, the Rebbeinu can do. If it's a, just a convenient cover up, then obviously it would hold no, 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 no water. So perhaps we can come back and and then explain what uh, Rashi's comment is that when we talk about meila, when we talk about a betrayal, Rashi says the root is always change. We have to understand a person situation. We have to understand the circumstance a person finds himself that would kind of bring a person to come to, obviously, un, un, unintentionally do something like me'ila, to misuse something that belongs to, to hectic, something that you were entrusted with that is holy. How could you? How could you come? I mean, imagine if one of the the, the great uh, the great Rabbanim uh, would uh, tell you here. I have this ancient, ancient uh, uh, I don't know mitzvah article that uh, I want you to to look at and to to look after. And this person would then take it and 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 use it for whatever some some mundane mundane uh, 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 Object it would be a terrible thing because obviously the 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 person who gave it to you was obviously expected that it would keep it safe and 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 uh, in a hidden place out of out of out of kind of respect and 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 reverence of of the object. What could have caused such a fundamental uh, error in his whole approach to to Hectish? It can only have been if something changed. If the the proper awe and the proper fear and the proper reverence that a person was supposed to be feeling about all these things that that are holy went away for some reason and and no longer existed, that's the only thing that could have motivated a person to act out of character in such in such a in in such a way. And uh, the Torah, right, never never forbids slight changes. Innovation. There's always a koyach. There's always a koyach achidush, right? Every, every person in their learning in their in their vodas Hashem is supposed to be thinking of, of of new and 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 novel ways for yourself. But that's only within the framework of of Torah. But the truth is, one of the Yetzirah's greatest methods of trying to trick people to stray away from the proper path is by tempting them with all kinds of new and exciting things right whatever it might whatever it might be you know to, to try new experiences or or new new opinions and, and if a person's not really careful so the natural inclination of a person to really appreciate and to really enjoy some kind of some kind of chiddush could god forbid could cause him to almost unwittingly slip into Questionable, if not uh, totally forbidden, uh, 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 act, act activities. We have to make sure we don't lose the proper perspective, and uh, you know, don't go after what's new and exciting without first verifying. We have to keep to our 
we have to keep to our uh, our our roots, and 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 that's that's particularly true in this month, in this month of of Nisan, where we were created. It's 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 so so clear that we have to stick to the derech of our avos, to the mesorah of of Yisrael, and and that was really what what kept the Jews, and that's how we can can merit. Uh, a gula, how we can merit redemption by following in their uh, uh, footsteps, especially on 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 Pesach time, which is a yontav that's so full of mitzvahs and and minhagim that connect us to our uh, to our to our fathers, and and by clinging to that to that Messiah and fulfilling the mitzvahs and minhagim the way our forefathers did, and not trying to innovate new things, so then we bears Hashem will will merit. So to to do ourselves witness the fulfillment of the Rabbani Shalom's promise that when you send our seed in the girl, that in Nisan we are going to be uh, uh, redeemed, hopefully, Be'ez Hashem, very speedily in, in our day. We were speaking last week about the concept of a of a simcha. If a person is going to celebrate a a bar mitzvah or or a bris milah on on Shabbos, but the reality is that there are guests and and uh, people involved who one knows may travel, may drive to to uh, to to shul. So the Ramosha uh, in in the Moshe, so he in fact uh, uh, said it would be forbidden to invite non-religious people, people who might might drive to any kind of a simch, any kind of an event where you know that they might come and, and drive and drive to it. Uh, he said if if necessary, one would be allowed to let them know about the event because uh, not letting them know could definitely cause uh, internal family Eruptions, and in fact, uh, Rav Vosner uh, uh, agrees agrees uh, uh, with that. But he says that uh, uh, if he actually said that in the situation, let's say even of a bris, if there were going to be people that would travel, he said rather don't do the bris on Shabbos, even if that means that it's not going to take place on the eighth day. If the effect is going to be that people who are well, Machal Shabbos are going to are going to uh, come, or they might take uh, photos, whatever it is. Any kind of Machal Shabbos is rather 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 delayed. Uh, that's the one opinion. On the other hand, uh, Shlomo Zalman Arbach was of the opinion that one is allowed to invite a a non from person on Shabbos again if he gives him the opportunity to do it without. Breaking Shabbos. If he offers him uh, accommodation and offers him a place to stay where he wouldn't have to, where he wouldn't have to break uh, break Shabbos, then then that uh, that is that is okay. And and uh, Waldenberg in in, in actually allowed the the performance of of a bris on Shabbos, even though you know that there might be chilas uh, Shabbos. Uh, uh, in, in, involved. Um, right. And then again, the argument is always around, well, 
you know, if you don't invite them to a bris, you're not really causing them to to break Shabbos. They they were going to be traveling and doing stuff uh, anyway on 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 Shabbos. And on the contrary, if they're spending a significant a significant amount of their time on a Shabbos morning, let's say in 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 the shul, so at that time when they're there, they're obviously. Uh, Kind of fitting in with the crowd, they're not breaking breaking uh, Shabbos. On the contrary, when we are not only are we not helping them to do in our very we're actually uh, 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 you know practically uh, preventing them during that time, or, or, or setting up a situation, a scenario where at least for that amount of time they won't be doing, we won't be doing in in, in Avera because. Practically speaking, quantitatively, their 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 chil Shabbos is is uh, is uh, minimized, right? But again, in order that uh, let's say the celebration of a bar mitzvah should be done without any avera, so again, as we said, uh, if we could uh, in that situation, if one could sort of move it and do it on a on a Monday or Thursday, whatever, where there's no uh, where there's no uh, Chil Shabbos involved and get a minion together, and uh, and uh, you know you can lay in there, you can you can read there. So then they could they could uh, they could do they could do that. In fact, I even saw that uh, on a Monday or Thursday, let's say you wanted to have a, an evening event, so you could actually take out the Torah and read on a Monday Thursday afternoon. You can get his Aliyah then, and uh, you could have your Sassan Simcha your whole your whole uh, function over uh, over there and then of course it's not Shabbos, so you can uh, you can photograph the the aliyah uh, etc etc like that but obviously the uh, the the bris which you know, there's a special mitzvah to do it on Shabbos, on time so there 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 one would be allowed to keep the bris on Shabbos. We're going to take a nip out for a moment, take a very quick break, and then come up and just finish up. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Stay tuned for another few minutes. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back with just uh, two or three minutes left. Just to quickly leave you with uh, uh, a summation of what what we've been doing. Uh, We've discussed... The situation if a person, let's say you have a series of uh, vending machines that people use on 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 Shabbos, they buy their cold drinks, they buy their snacks, whatever it is that they that 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 they buy. Question of whether or not uh, those are allowed to be working on uh, on 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 Shabbos. So the uh, the reality is, if we, if if the machine is situated in a place where most of the customers are our Jews, then really one should shut it down and, uh, and not let it work on, on Shabbos because you are then perhaps helping them to, to break Shabbos. Obviously, if, if, if most of the customers would be, would be non-Jews, then there's no need to, to stop the machine on, on, on Shabbos and whatever money they put in is not even considered, uh, illegal gains on, uh, on Shabbos, because the truth is, the the they're ma- they're mainly paying for the item that they're buying, not for the fact that the machine is 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 working. So that's uh, that's fine. Uh, internet websites is is a very very interesting 
a very very interesting question that uh, if it's sort of sort of a site where mainly Jews uh, are frequented, so there are some who say one really should close it on Shabbos that one shouldn't allow these people to buy to do averus and buy Shab and buy it. But the reality is that it's a very very difficult thing to do to actually shut something down. So there's no obligation to to close it because anyone who actually uh, you know goes onto that to that website so you know it could go to any other website also it's not really that you are helping him to do ever and you're not you're not uh, you're not pushing him even to to uh, go into that website on uh, on uh, on Chavez. Uh if obviously it's something that you're selling and again it's appealing mostly to uh, to to Jews so then you're now actually making money. You might be benefiting from from the sales. So then, again, one should make an effort to try to Shabbos, to, to try to close it on Shabbos. If that is very, very difficult, then there's no, there's no obligation because they are the ones breaking Shabbos, and it's arguable that maybe you are not even uh, helping them at, uh, at, uh, at, at all, and there's no Isra of, of, uh, of Messiah. If most of the customers are non-jews then again let them let them buy it's not it's not uh, your problem at uh, at at all and since you did all the prep before shabbos it's not considered that you're actually doing anything for them on on shabbos okay i was a little bit quick maybe next week we'll have a chance to go back and and uh, unpack it a little bit more but i'm just left with a few more seconds to wish each and everyone you first of all to thank you all for being part of our family for listening this week and to wish all of you a beautiful shabbat and a Chodesh Tov, and to really make this very special Shabbos one that has meaning and significance for all of you. Thank you for being here, thank you for listening, and Shabbat Shalom and Chodesh Tov.